During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when Banshees are around Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but that would be weird. <laughs> but giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and 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 very kind. This is the Power of X Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience. My guest today is the host of an interview web series called Milkshake Scholar, in which he uses milkshakes as a vehicle to talk to writers, artists, industry leaders, and advocates. Look, on a personal level, I love this man so much. We have freakishly parallel lives. I mean, he is my brother from another mother, literally, because we always find ourselves on the same path. We did our MFA together. We have the same conversations with our agents, and we are both part of the Slice editorial team. He is my favorite MC partner, and if you ever get us on a panel together, we do not shut up. Please welcome Randy Winston. Yo, I feel like when you said parallel lives, it's kind of like Mobius and Loki, but we'll get into that. <laughs> you did not start this episode off with like that reference. I feel like I'm in the MCU. Like I, I've, I've been, I've been following your stuff on Instagram. Oh man, it's you're like a superhero. I know, man. It's you know, it's a. First of all, I love that you compared us as variants. I just want to say, like, that's like I should have put that in the intro. Like, you're always one step ahead of me. A, <laughs> B. Yeah, I. You know, I. You know, I got, I got lonely during quarantine. I needed to talk to people. <laughs> I mean, other than you and like everyone else, but like. You know, 2020, what the fuck was that year? Listen, it was wild. Oh my God. Well, it's so fortuitous we have you on the podcast today because what's one of the variants uh, name in this episode? Randy. <laughs> I literally heard that. I watched the episode maybe like a couple days ago and I was like, oh my God, it's fucking Randy. Like, what were the odds? I was sitting on my couch because I, I usually watch these uh, early in the morning, right before work, because it um, in the past is Friday. Now it's Wednesday. And I sat straight up and paused the show. I was like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm in I, mean, it. I mean, that again goes to what I was saying in our intro. We're always on the same page. I mean, yeah. like the fact that it's Randy here, like that's just like mind blowing to me. Wait, I want to. Uh, or ask is it Loki? Or is it Loki? Well, we're going to get into that. I have theories about that variant, Randy variant. But wait, this is something I haven't asked anyone. And I'm curious about your perspective. Do you like watching them on Wednesdays or do you like watching them on Fridays? I mean, listen, at this point, it's a drug. I'll take whatever day I get, (laughs) whatever they're giving to me. But I will say I do love the Fridays because Friday is the uh, door to the weekend. And it feels like Saturday cartoons all over again. The fact that we don't get these all like the whole season at one time, we have to watch week to week. So it's great because when I'm checking in with my, like when I sit down on a Friday morning to watch MC, MCU 
content, it is so exciting because even if I have to work, it's the weekend. It feels great. Uh, so Wednesdays, uh, but you know, it, it's, I guess it's nice. It, it gets me through the rest of the week. Yeah, I don't know why they opted to switch it to Wednesdays other than maybe they're just testing the market, seeing where people go. I still watch them on Fridays. So, so when so I was like, I watched it a few days ago. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, I, I still watch. I order a pizza. It's like my TGIF. You know someone, what I mean? Someone in my uh, Marvel group chat told me that it's because of another show that comes out on Fridays on Disney+. Plus. It's oh. uh, Marvel or superhero related. I cannot remember what the show is. Um but it's animated. So oh, I, I, someone's probably going to be in the chat watching this <laughs> answer immediately. So yeah, I forgot what, what the name of the show is. What do you talk about in your Marvel chat? Do you have any oh. like questions or has anyone like been like, I don't know what this is. Are you all like at the same level with your fandom or are some like really crazy stands and some are just, you know, oblivious? where are you on the spectrum? So I was I was invited into this group chat and they are stands. They are hardcore. They've done the comics and I'm I'm like the newbie. I haven't read any of the comics, but I've seen every TV show and watched every movie. So I'm I'm on that end. So when we're talking, I'm giving more of a film perspective, a TV show perspective. And they're more like, oh, let me give you the history on this so that you can to enhance your perspective which is great um but it's never like uh someone talking down to me or whatever it's it's great i love it and it it depends i will give like very direct and then some people will give like a dissertation of what they thought the scene was about so it's great it, depending on what we're talking about the conversation goes all over the place i love it you know what i love about this new generation of marvel stands and i think it's people who are MCU stands as well. There is no condescending remarks from people like that. No one talks down to anyone anymore. It's when I was growing up and you were on the message boards, like if you did not know this specific issue, the specific dialogue or like the, the exact history of a character, people eat you alive. And you're like, fuck chill, chill. I'm just, I'm learning too. I'm learning as I go. And it's funny, I had someone on the podcast recently who like interrupted me and was like, I don't want your listeners to think you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm sorry, I don't know every single effing detail. And I think it's so refreshing to hear that stands out there literally are just more inclusive in the conversations. It's more like, hey, no, let, let's, let's talk about this. Yeah, I, and I think one of the things I noticed is that the, the people I know who are deep in it, like read all the comics, the graphic novels, they are always, uh, they're excited to share their knowledge in a way where it's not condescending. It's more like, oh no, this is cool. You're going to love this. And that's what I, that's what really gets me excited about it too. So yeah, man. Um, you probably got a lot of, you're going to be excited about this while you were watching WandaVision. I love WandaVision so much. Is that your favorite one so far? Which one is your favorite so far of the Disney Plus shows? You know what, Paul? I see. I thought I thought it would be WandaVision, but now I think I love all three of them in their own way because they're all unique. Um, yeah. Man, WandaVision just. But I don't know. Like I, I think especially I think WandaVision is to me my favorite because it was it was the first right. It's the first yeah. of this group and that my expectations were low 
and they far exceeded like that show far exceeded my expectations and um and and that's like i remember after like episode three i i, I thought to myself disney is not playing around <laughs> and then and then they come with um with falcon winter soldier and you know i love falcon even though i always felt like uh, Falcon wasn't getting enough play in the films because he's always the sidekick, which annoyed me. And we can talk about that another time. But you know, we finally get Falcon uh, starring in a in a show, and uh, I love Winter Soldier. I love Sebastian. So it was just it was great. Their chemistry I thought that was, was beautiful. Yeah, it's a great show. You know, there uh, there was some people that were super critical of it, and I get the the criticisms. But at the end of the day, it's Disney. Like there's. We can talk about yeah, it's it's a long story, but anyway, I love the show, and now here we are with Loki, and you know the god of mischief, and my goodness, I listen, the bar the bar is high, and Loki has has met has has met the expectations so far for me, and I you know I know it's the first two episodes, so we're not gonna get as much, but the pacing and the mm-hmm. buildup that we're getting. Ooh, something oh something crazy God. about to happen, Paul. Something crazy about to happen. I'm excited. <laughs> so the episode when it ends and the timeline is blown up and it shows where all the fractions in the timeline occur. We'll we'll get into that. I was like, motherfucker, they went there. And then when they revealed the variant, I have very mixed feelings on the variant and and her look and and who she is. We can talk about that, obviously. But, you know, if WandaVision was about grief and Falcon the Winter Soldier was about accepting responsibility, trauma, huh? You get deep. Let's go. go. We're going deep. We're going deep here. WandaVision was about grief. Falcon the Winter Soldier was about accepting responsibility, systemic racism, and trauma. What do you think Loki is about? Because I haven't been able to find an answer for that. Man, you know, I think it's... So I, I've been dealing with this lately myself because I'm working on this essay collection about where do I go from here? And I think a lot of, I, I you know, I'm projecting here, but I, I, I believe it's about belief and reality. Oh, I um, like what's real and what isn't, but also mm-hmm. what's like purpose, like what's your purpose? Uh, given the reality that you find yourself in, what's your purpose? Um and I think that's what Loki's facing right now. Because you see him uh, in these first two episodes, you see him uh, battling himself, like in- internally. And you, you're watching his facial expressions and how he reacts to certain things, how he responds to, um, to Mobius. And it's just like, you, you see the old Loki coming out where he's mm-hmm. just like trying to play the trickster. But then you also see him really trying to work through his thoughts. And like, oh, what if, what if people are right about me? what do I do next? Like if I'm not the God of mischief uh, now, then what am I like? Well, who am I? So yeah, that, I, that's fun. It, it adds, it adds another level of depth to Loki who, when, when I first saw Thor the first time, I just thought he was annoying. And, <laughs> you know, in each, in each movie, he just, con- they continue to add depth to him to the yeah. point where we got to, um, we got to end game. And I'm just like, man, yeah loki's that dude dude. well Uh, i I love the journey the character had from that first uh, thor movie all the way through endgame and we saw that encapsulated in episode one and he actually witnessed that journey and it had a profound effect on him because this is the 2012 loki but i agree with everything you just said because 
I agree. I don't want to like reference this, but for whatever reason, my hungover brain, this is the only literature I can go to. It reminds me a lot of Fountainhead, which mm-hmm. is it's a self versus society, or in this case, Loki versus the universe. And mm-hmm. that idea of individualism rising above this predestined plan they had for him. And I kind of like-, like that, you know, and right. so I, I agree with what you said. It's all about like, who am I? And, and where do I go from here? And especially like now he's peeking behind the veil and like the God, you know, he, he's a God, but now he's peeking behind like the veil and who's really uh, connecting the dots for him in his life. So I'm curious where that's going to take him at the end of it. And Paul, imagine this, you have a God being talked to as if he's like, just a normal person. Everyone's like, huh, go sit down somewhere. Here, do some paperwork. I have some, I have to go eat my snack. Here, just stay busy. It's, it's like the dynamics there, the power dynamics and how there's uh how they shifted is fascinating. I love it. It's Did your face crack when he was in that office and he goes into the drawer and he finds the infinity stones? That was, and they're like, Yeah, they're just paperweights here. Like, yeah, we yeah, yeah. And then they just you know, yeah. That that to me just the world building here is phenomenal. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it too. So what are your thoughts on the MCU as a whole? And how do you feel about the Disney Plus shows sort of playing a role in that? Do you think it's I mean, enhanced stories? There's no candy on Asgard. I mean, does that mean there's no ice cream, no milkshakes? <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> Can you imagine oh, a world without milkshakes? But You know, um, I love... I, I love the, the MCU world and the expansion of it. Um, and I have friends who are very frustrated with Disney and the film industry in general and what this means as they continue to put out more films in the phases. But I think uh, for someone like me who who like loves escapism, this is, I feel like they are really giving us what we want right now. Like yeah. truly, we 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 you know the films. I thought I thought um, it was I thought it was glorious that we were getting these films. Yeah, and multiple films a year, and now we're getting TV shows and films. And the TV shows, I mean, for the exception of that gap between um, um, Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki, we've been getting since. I mean, we've been getting shows every week. Yeah. It, it's almost like they're doing the the format of comic books where they comes out weekly and then you have your larger events, which will be the movies. My only qualm, and I've said this many times before, I do feel so far the shows are skippable if you're only following the movies. Because mm-hmm. Falcon the Winter Soldier is all about Sam's journey in accepting like the Captain America mantle, which thematically he accepted at the end of Endgame. you know he got the shield and then you can pick up with captain america four and mm. that's it you know you draw the line there similarly with wandavision i mean you know she'll pick up in doctor strange 2 mm. and that's it you know i'm sure they'll have a line about her costume and being called scarlet witch but not that's not to say that not a lot of meaty great character development does not happen mm-hmm. in those in those shows i'm just curious will those plots that they set up play you know a larger role like will sharon will we see her again as a power broker so, are we so, going to see agatha again i love that you brought this up because um i'm i am a huge fan of detail 
And so I definitely understand uh, what you mean by you can skip these. And and of course, they're going to add a line or two in the movie so that you under you're caught up to speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something to be said about those nuances, like those subtle reminders of where these characters have come from and the road they traveled. So like when we see, and I told a friend, uh, this, as soon as the, um, as soon as Sam and uh winter soldier Bucky finished, as soon as the show finished, I was like, man, I cannot wait to see them in the next Marvel film because when they look at each other, they're going to say a line from the, from the show and only people who watch the show will get it. And I agree. I, that's actually a really good point. Oh, that to me is like, that's, that's worth the six to eight weeks of <laughs> just for that one line in the film where only the folks in the theater who watch the show will get it. And it's just like, and like you said, this is like a intersection with the comics where only the people who've watched the comics will get those Easter eggs that you see throughout Loki. Like I have to watch YouTube videos to, to figure out what the what these Easter eggs are. And they are everywhere. They're in uh. every scene. So I know folks who watch comic or who read comics, they're like, oh, 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 oh my God, oh my God. Meanwhile, I'm watching the show like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Easter eggs were insane, particularly for WandaVision. I mean, they were like everywhere. I mean, and I think Loki so far has had so many Easter eggs. Historically, I'm not a big Thor reader. I, I haven't read a lot of Thor or Loki as part of Like, I'm an X-Men person. And that's why I like covering shows like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki because it exposes me to those comics, mm. which I never really fully... I mean, let's say there are only so many hours in a day. <laughs> and pr- prior to starting a podcast, I used to read a book. I used to read actual, like, normal books. Now I just read comics all day. <laughs> I love it. You know, um, Paul, you mentioned uh, that you don't that you didn't read a, a lot of Thor. I so of course I mentioned that I haven't read any comics, but I did watch the Viking series that came out on the History Channel, and there was a mention of the wolf's ears, wolf's teeth. And so when Loki said it, I was like, "Oh, Norse mythology! I know that." Yes, uh, that was like a moment where I was like, oh, "Okay, I, I know a little something here. I know." A little something here. <laughs> So who is your favorite like Marvel character? If you had to pick one. All right. That's tough. Yeah, all right. So I'm a, as much as I love escapism, I mm-hmm. still like fiction, fantasy, sci-fi that's grounded in like the reality or like the world we live in in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I love, I love Thor and I love Black Panther, but I tend to identify more with someone like a Sam Wilson or a uh, or like an Iron Man or a Captain America, where it's like he can only do so much. He can't fly. He has a great shield, but <laughs> that's not the end of his power. You know, uh, like his character, like be like who he is as a person really speaks to who he is as a superhero. Um, and then like Iron Man and like all the devils he's fighting and like, but I'm very smart and I can build things. And so it's like these things that he builds someone right now that we know could actually build what he built. Like someone can actually build an Iron Man suit. I actually have a friend in Atlanta who built uh, like half of an Iron Man suit, and I was Stop like, "Stop it!" Yeah, literally insane. I'll send you the videos after we uh, after we're done. But I was like, 
that, that's insane. Um, Invite this gentleman on the Zoom right now. <laughs> and let's get I, Iron Man suits for us. I can't believe I've never introduced you all to each other. I should do that. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, I love I love a lot of them. But the ones who whose superhero abilities are limit, limited, I love even more because they have to think more through how they're going to get out of the situation. Whereas Thor is just like, give me my goddamn hammer i'm just <laughs> like you know or, or or like the scarlet witch like in her shit like so there's different ways to um there's different ways to get out of a situation and so yeah i'm i'm gonna roll with one of those three okay um, that's, that's cheating that's definitely cheating and I, and I own up to that but yeah that's 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 who i'm rolling with i i did mention a while back that i love wolverine and you and i have talked about this um well you know an x-men question was coming so yeah i i mean i i love wolverine and um like all the demons that he has to fight and watching him and logan reminded me of that uh that short uh story collection by dennis johnson uh jesus son oh yeah i don't know for so it just reminded me of like a tortured man who can't escape his demons i love 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 wolverine so that's 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 my guy that's is there guy. is there a specific Wolverine story that you were exposed to at all ever or just are you or just like Logan and Hugh Jackman's did you like the cartoon version of Wolverine as well so you know it started with WB WB uh, on the weekends that the the cartoon the iconic X-Men cartoon it started there yeah. <clears throat> and at the time I didn't really know a lot about Wolverine outside of that and so I was like ooh Cyclops was cool and then um, I'm introduced to Logan in the movies. And I'm like, oh, this guy is, has more depth than I thought. And so it started. That's that's where my fascination with him started. And, um, yeah, I love that character a lot. I really do. Although I, I will say there are a lot of characters, a lot of tortured souls in these comics. And, oh, my God. Those. And, um, you know, I think that's the beauty of these of what Disney's doing now is you get that depth with each character. And it's not really a this person is bad. This person is good. It's more like, oh, these are the decisions they make and the decisions they make make them who they are. Well, that's what they said in this episode, too. Like they have a quote where it's something to the effect of like, not everyone is entirely bad. Not everyone is entirely good. I mean, these are morally gray characters. Um, but speaking of anti-heroes and characters who are, you know, occupy that nebulous morality and thinking of Black Panther, Black Panther 2, they just cast it Namor in there. And I know they're still trying to figure out how they're going to do it with Chadwick's passing, but I think bringing in Namor is going to be a new anti-hero because he's also a, an X-Men character. So I'm so excited to see how that's going to play out. But, you know, the rumor for a long time was that Storm would appear in Black Panther 2 as T'Challa's love interest as in the comic books. You know, like, can you imagine? Like, that is where Storm needs to be. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it's uh, so, the whole situation is just so sad. You just blew my mind. <laughs> See, this, is, this is where not being a comic book reader, like comic book readers will just toss something in there. And I'm like, whoa. Sorry. So T'Challa and Storm were married in the comics. Yeah, it's huge. So the big rumor was for a while, because now that the X-Men rights are back with Disney, because obviously Disney bought Fox. And um, 
You know what I'm, Paul, you know what I'm thinking about right now. God rest Chadwick Boseman. So I'm thinking about Chadwick Boseman and Halle Berry right now. That's all I can think about. That's so hot. Yeah. It's, I, we'll, we'll see what, what ends up coming of it, but I think we're getting, we're definitely getting Neymar and I'm curious to see what kind of anti-hero he's going to be because he's going to be a morally great character. There's no way he's just going to be a villain, but Okay. But speaking of these morally gray characters, everything, and bringing it back to Loki, did you watch Thor Ragnarok? I'm assuming yes. I did. I did. I watched Thor Ragnarok. Not recently, but I did. Um, it was When I first watched it, it wasn't one of my favorites. But since then, all of the, um, the stories that have happened since then and how people pull from that film, I'm like, oh, that, was, that actually was not a bad film at all. It, it set up a lot for things to come, so... Yeah, yeah, it's and good, it's, they're getting a part uh, that was literally uh, it was supposed to be the end of the trilogy, and it was so well received that we're getting Thor: Love and Thunder now. Which excited. Tom Hiddleston is not mentioned on set; he has not been seen on set; he's not part of the cast. So I'm wondering if, again, his like death in Endgame, that's it as far as the movies are concerned. So if you want to find out what happened to that Loki who left. You can only see it on the Disney Plus shows. I don't know. Do I well, yes, yes. I do not think we are seeing the end of film Loki. I think that the TV show is setting up perhaps a... Because, you know, in this... All right, so this is me understanding my conversations with my comic friends, with my comic book friends. I do believe that Loki is gender fluid. Yep. And I also believe that because of these shifts and timelines and all that, Loki, this Loki might, our Loki might end up taking the body or somehow making a deal or somehow shifting things around so that our Loki comes back. Yeah. So in the comic books, as you already know, we get multiple versions of Loki. We have like Kid Loki, who's part of the Young Avengers. We have Lady Loki, who will talk about in great detail in this episode because I was a little disappointed with the reveal and I know it's just I don't we'll get into it in a second so I want to see because we know the young Avengers are coming I mean that for sure is gonna happen we got the twins in WandaVision we have Cassie Lang in Ant-Man and the Wasp 3 we have the Hawkeye series where Kate Bishop is already cast. We have Ironheart coming, who is presumably going to fill in that Iron Lad role. So they have to do Kid Loki. And I think we're going to get a Kid Loki out of this. But I meant more like Tom Hiddleston. I wonder if he'll return as is. Because I think Loki is already, and I just read this on Wikipedia. I have no, no more research past that. But I think they're filming a season two. They are. They yeah. are. And, and I mean, we may be jumping ahead, but. I do believe that uh, we're we're being set up like Mo- Mobius and Loki's uh, stories are too close to like I I, I think either Mobius turns mm-hmm. or Mobius is taken mm-hmm. or Mobius dies and in in some way maybe Loki takes his position and in and season two is Loki now hunting down something or someone like, I like that. Oh, that's what I want, but I know that I know I may not get it, but that's what I want. So here's the thing that I feel like this show is setting up. First of all, I thought we, all, I think everyone thought that WandaVision was going to be setting up 
the multiverse and you know the timeline and everything and they planted the seeds with Wanda being a nexus being and so we know from the miss minute like cartoon that long ago there were things that were called like nexus events where it splintered the timeline and there was an infinite amount of like alternate timelines and then there was a great war and now there's like the sacred timeline i think they are setting up secret wars and which is do you know secret wars I've I've heard of Secret Wars. Um, the YouTubers have been educating me <laughs> on Secret Wars. But outside of that, I know nothing of Secret Wars. I just know that whatever it is, it's going to be epic. That's that's. No, there are two Secret Wars. There's like the original one that was made for like selling toys, where all the heroes come together on a planet and they fight. Blah blah blah. I think okay. it's going to be Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars, which we actually read and we probably talked about in Dale uh, Dale Peck's class. Uh-oh. briefly I, I think it was just like no we didn't talk about it as part of the curriculum or anything it was like when we were waiting for people to come into the class uh-huh. you were sitting next to me i was talking to dale about comic books and i was like yeah the secret wars is happening but that secret wars deals with all these alternate universes coming together on a single planet like right. it's like a patchwork right so i think that's what we're gonna get uh, some version of that tv show or film i think that's gonna have to be a film that's okay. going to have to be a film. But they are doing Secret Invasion. I think they did announce Secret Invasion. I am hyped about that. For a Disney Plus show, so maybe. But like, I feel like Secret Wars is big yeah, enough. Yeah, like, big. You gotta, that's got to be their, their version of an endgame. But I'm hyped. I think that's what we're going to get out of this. And I think maybe now that I'm talking out loud, maybe that 2012 Loki will come back in the film and be like, this bitch, this is what I've been doing the entire time. I've been trying to keep this timeline together, but it's all gone to hell and everyone's and then, dude, and it solves everything. You can bring back Iron Man. You can bring back Captain America. You can bring back everyone because the timeline is fucked. So you can just pull. And then you can bring in the mutants as well. But I think the mutants will be introduced beforehand. I think they, they want to get the X-Men in sooner rather than Can you than imagine later. that our Loki is the one trying to keep the time, trying to save everybody? <laughs> what in the world? What, what has it come to? <laughs> we're fucked man we're absolutely fucked. you know you know what i found very fascinating and i mean i'm sure people who read or like deep in the comics know about these things but man like episode two of loki really took a dark turn on time travel because we're always told about time travel is being like this fun thing you can go back here and you can do this and you can see that and it's like no we're going to talk about apocalypse and we're just gonna go see some people die and i'm like whoa that's insane and then i thought to myself if paul had to go back in time and see an apocalypse what <laughs> which apocalypse would i see yeah wow well i mean this is gonna be the easiest one uh the comet that wiped out the dinosaurs or asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs Ooh, i didn't even think i'd see that. that i i would see that yeah what about you it would probably be the fall of troy oh i was really fascinated with that story growing up as a kid and then seeing the film with brad pitt which <laughs> i had a very low bar for but Brad Pitt was okay as Achilles. I was, I was, I was, I was okay with it. And it was innocuous the way they killed him. Like you really had to look and see that they shot his Achilles heel. Not a fan of Orlando Bloom in that film. Just me, but it was Orlando Bloom, Eric Bana. Eric Bana was a, was fire. 
Everybody wow. was not playing. Um, I haven't seen that movie since it came out in theaters. That was the first and only time. I I, I remember not disliking it, but I don't remember I skipped anything in, in it. I skipped into the movie to see that. I did not pay for it. So uh, I'm not going to say which movie theater it was, but uh, <laughs> I paid for that film. Dude, the, the amount of times I used to skip into theaters uh, in 1998 when Titanic was in the theaters, I used to like just like enter the back door and like pop into the theater just to watch like certain parts of the movie. That is not a, a time I would like to time travel. So I don't, don't want to <laughs> see that moment. I do not. But I guess going into the episode, I thought that was really interesting. The, the way Loki was explaining how my variant would be hiding in these apocalypses because no matter what you do, it's going to be wiped out. So, you know, the, 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 the TVA doesn't have to like intervene. So it's not going to create any splinters in the timeline. And, and it plays on his uh, moniker, like the God of Mischief. It's like, yo, this is what I do. I, I fuck around. Only this time, you won't know it's me because this, <laughs> I leave no tracks. It's incredible. I thought, that was, I thought that was great and like very, very subtle. I thought it was really nice how they were able to do that and bring that cinematic quality to a TV show. To revisit Disasters, Tobias was like, I just want to have my salad and... Uh, the Asgard salad. The Asgard salad. I was like, motherfucker. Like, what? Like, what was that? Like, he's sitting down and it was so sloppy. And like, I, even I felt was like, you're overdoing this, Loki. Like, what? What? what's your end game here? You know, if I would have been more upset if it was like something like strawberries or a milkshake, I would have been livid. But, you know, I like salad. So shout out to everybody who loves salad. But I'm not as big on salad as, say, a milkshake. So if if Loki is sitting in front of me trying to explain variant theory with my milkshake, I would probably want to fight Loki. <laughs> I mean, lie. I felt for Mobius in that. And I guess that's supposed to show their dynamic, which I thought in this episode... I really liked what Mobius said to Loki, which is like, here are two options of why, you know, I'm so invested in you. Mm -hmm. One, maybe I saw a little kid who was scared and I saw him grow up as an adult or two, I need something from you. You can pick what it is. And I was like, which is, which is exactly what Loki does to people. Yeah. Like this is, I'm using you right now. Hello. I love it. It's like, is Loki playing Loki? <laughs> which honestly for a split second if i had watched loki's episode too high i would have thought huh mobius is a loki i know that's i feel like we're gonna have a twist something like that i i'm curious I, I don't feel i feel like it's been too easy for loki like when he kind of like started off the episode wearing the variant jacket and then being like oh let me explain the difference between body doubles and illusions and all that stuff i was like you're playing too much on the team here. And I feel maybe he's misguiding everyone, especially like at the end of last episode where you're like, I don't like hurting people. That's what weak people do to other people to make them appear stronger. And I was like, okay, I, it's not that I don't believe he's analyzed himself and knows that about himself, but I believe he's sharing that information to purposely manipulate everyone. But I think if these TVAs are as good as they say they are, there's one step ahead. And what is that? Is one of them Loki on it? Or one of them, you know, another being? I don't know. Oh, Paul, you you and I are too smart to know. <laughs> like, we are too smart. We know that Loki has a few plans in place. 
And depending on how people react to one plan, that sets off another plan. So I, I love that. I also do think that the TVA folks are thinking a step ahead. Maybe not Mobius, because I think there are times when I've seen Mobius just kind of fall into whatever Loki is saying, even though he'll fight it off. He wants, I think deep down, Mobius wants to believe that Loki can change. And um, that is really going to, that's what's driving this season as I want to see what Loki has planned. Yeah, I want to see what Loki has planned too. Um, we know his variants are up to no good. I'm just freezing by the episode here and we're seeing the different variants of him. Oh, you know, I, I do have a question for you. Yeah, go for it. And this may be a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I hope I have As, an answer. Um, so, you know, we're watching, um, we're at the scene where C20 was taken um, in 1985 in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And... Um, now Loki's there with the crew and they set off these timers to reset the uh, timeline mm-hmm. um, as they're leaving. And we watch the dead Minutemen be wiped clean and reset. Mm-hmm. And we're watching C-20's helmet be, you know, wiped clean. And I, and I thought to myself, all right, so C-20's missing in action. Are the dead Minutemen now alive back at TVA or are they just now dead? Because if you're resetting the scene, then does that mean that they're also reset? I That's a great question. I don't know what the answer is. I, so that was the thing that I didn't understand. Like when they were sitting down and like Mobius is like, you know, the, the TVA is all I do. You know, the... Why am I blanking what they call the time gods? Um, oh, the timekeepers. The timekeepers. Like the timekeepers, you know, know the end of everything and we don't question them. And at the end, we will all come together and everything. And I felt like that was an opportunity where maybe like we could know more about Mobius. And like, are you just here? Do you just exist to serve this purpose? Because that other guy didn't know what a fucking fish was. So right. boyfriend isn't getting out of the office. Do you just come into existence or do you go home? Did you, were you birthed? Do you, do you come yeah. from somewhere? So I don't know. Did they just die? I mean, is it like a non-playable character that just dies in a video game and you're like, that's it. That, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because I had that same thought. And I'm like, huh, where does he come from? Wait, hang on. Let me just look at that, that scene one more time, because I was talking about this in last week's episode when they set off the bomb to redo the scene the magic that comes out of it is purple. But now that I'm looking at it, here's the thing. Okay, so here's the thing that I surmised from last episode. When the like energy is orange, they disintegrate people. They wipe them from existence. Okay. And then when it's purple, that's where it's more of a neutralizing effect. So if you notice in that first scene uh, where they come to Loki in the desert the 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 leading um minute man has a minute woman has a baton that's purple and then the two minute men behind her have ones that are orange so i'm taking that the purple is to neutralize him and then the orange is to wipe him out so when they set off the time bomb it's purple so it's not wiping anything from existence so in theory what you just said it should rewind the scene everyone comes back but now that i'm seeing this episode play out right now when the bomb goes off, it's mm-hmm. purple, it, but the energy coming out of it is orange and they disintegrate. Uh-huh. So I don't know. So yeah, they say clearly we're resetting the timeline, but like, is that it for the, uh, for the Minutemen? Is that? Here's another question. Yeah. Um, 
and and this could be just from my previous uh knowledge of loki and other films mm-hmm. you know um the first time we saw the avengers come together loki had created an army correct yeah yeah so Chitana. what if uh lady loki is dragging people into another dimension to, to create a army to go after the timekeepers and i you know that could be nothing i thought that's what uh that i thought that's why she had grabbed c20 but then we saw c20 show up at the end saying it's real it's real what the hell is that but we'll get to that later um so i wonder like is she building an army or is it just going to be her against everybody i don't know i mean that's a really great question i think we're gonna find out now after the ramifications at the end of this episode, what like the agenda is. Yeah. Um, I think we're, we, we have to build towards like a final showdown. So yeah, I think like building an army and all that stuff should be in Ballywick. Yeah. And I love how passionate you are. So she, she's taken, so she didn't take our Loki, but our Loki did follow her wherever she's yeah. going. How many other Lokis have followed her? To wherever she's going. So I'm confused by that. Maybe you can help fill in the gap here. Like, are they? So I I took from last episodes that they hunt various variants of Loki. Mm-hmm. Is this just one of the variants, or is she like the variant that's causing the most trouble, or is she the only variant out there? Because we obviously saw like different variants of him, and then now we we see her. Wait, let's call her Randy Loki because she doesn't even want to be called Loki. Like I know, <laughs> listeners, we haven't spoken this intensely <laughs> since probably our MFA program, <laughs> or like the backstage of like our slice emceeing gigs. Like, I'm just so like this is probably my favorite discussion I've had on this podcast because we're so into it, and it's like with one of my best friends. <laughs> um, but like so. That, that's what I'm kind of confused on because I do agree. Maybe she is building an army. Maybe these other variant Lokis are coming, but why wouldn't she like, why, why did Randy have that awkward exchange with right. Loki? Right. You know what I mean? Well, and, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of that thing where you understand that Loki's super arrogant. And mm-hmm. so maybe it's just like, I'm arrogant. So this is how I am. And mm-hmm. you are, you apparently you're me, but I'm the better one. So everyone thinks they're the better one. Um, but you know, she allows him to follow her. She leaves yeah. that portal open that's long enough so that he can come through it. So I don't know. This is, yeah, this yeah. is where my mind starts going all over the place. Um, l- let me just rewind really quickly. Cause I'm going through the episode here and I wanted to mention something. So speaking of that variant of Randy and, she hiding in various, you know, apocalypses. The way he came to that conclusion was because he came across the Ragnarok file. Right. And what I thought was really interesting about that, and I just want to note it with, with you, the population of Asgard when Ragnarok happened was 9,719 people. I was like, that's all that, that, I mean, it's right. fine, neither here nor there. Right. But I was like, wow, like, Oscar wasn't heavily populated. That's what I was thinking. Too. I was like, wait, that's not a lot of people. Like, that's who- not a lot of people there. Um, I mean, that's, it's Asgard, but yeah. All right. All right I mean, I guess cool. that's how they all fit in that ship. <laughs> and then that's how <laughs> Thanos was able to come and kill half of them. And now uh, they're on earth, okay. but um, okay, sure. But um, yeah, so they, they, they do a little time hopping around and finally, they're, they're able to find 
that Loki and she unveils herself. And what were your thoughts when you saw her unveil herself? Well, well, the first thing I thought was what a place to hide Rod's cart, which is like a Walmart, but um, great. And I was a little, I was, I don't know. I was a little disappointed. I was very disappointed. And I don't, that's the thing. I don't know why I've seen this episode now three times. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm disappointed. I guess I just, I don't know. Like I knew that it would be a version of Loki. Mm -hmm. Um, So that much I knew. I just felt like someone who was doing that much, they probably, I don't, I, I, I'm, I love uh, mysteries. So I kind of wanted her identity to to be left a mystery. Like if they would have given me her, like shown like her taking off the hood in episode three, I would have been fine with it. But I don't know. I, I think it's the timing for me more than anything. I don't know why. Here's the thing. So in the comics, when Loki becomes Lady Loki, he Uh-oh. hijacks Sif. Can you hear me? Yeah. No, no. Oh, I'm oh, saying, uh-oh, oh, okay. what you about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, did, did the call drop? I'm always so paranoid of the call dropping. So in the comics, when Loki becomes Lady Loki, he hijacks Sif's body. So I did, and I did, I heard about that. So Sif obviously has been in the movies. Uh, Jamie Alexander plays her. She's been MIA. I thought if they're going to do Lady Loki, it's going to be Jamie Alexander and you're going to fail it. And she's going to have the fur, the long hair, and she's going to be, you know, own that fucking that, That's scene. what it was. It was the badassness of it. I didn't feel yeah. that. I didn't feel like it just felt like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I looked it up online. So the, the, the appearance of this Lady Loki is reminiscent of Loki, agent of Asgard, issue number 16. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. Like, I, I, like, I'm glad that we have that narrative. But, like... I think we needed Jamie Alexander in it. Yeah. And, and a lot of people here are like, well, is it Enchantress now? But I'm, I'm still like, oh, I don't know. Like, even if it was Enchantress, doesn't really make it for me. Maybe it was like a mix of both Enchantress and that version that you're talking about. I, I just, I don't know. I, it was underwhelming. And I think maybe that's the reaction that they wanted us to have because they have another Loki that they're going to unveil uh, maybe in the last two last two episodes or something like that. Maybe. So here's something I think the Disney Plus shows have done really well. They have brought in, in really great guest stars, and you know we saw that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We saw that in Wandavision. Well, I feel like Wandavision could have had like a Doctor Strange in it, but I'm hoping I'm hoping with this one maybe we will get Chris Hemsworth. Maybe we will get. Um, you know, Jamie Alexander back. Maybe that will be one of like the stories. They are going to various locations now that the time went off, the time bombs went off and we saw where the the timeline had been ruptured. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know one of the locations is going to be Vormir and that's the location of the Soul Stone mm-hmm. where obviously Black Widow died. Yep. Asgard. I mean, yep. that's, are we going to get, you know, Anthony Hopkins? I don't know. I, I'm curious how they do, how the like the rights work because they're using footage of these actors. Yeah. So, like, does that mean the actors can appear on it? I don't know how that works. I remember there was a time in television you couldn't use the image of an actor without having to pay like a fee, like an obscene amount of like fee. 
So I, I wonder if like maybe that's still in place and like the fact that they focused in on, you know, Odin, are we going to see Odin later? You know, every time I watch something that's Disney, I think to myself, Disney's reach knows no bounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hala, which is a Cree homeworld. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. We're going to see that. Yes. Um, yeah. And also, Paul, how long are these last couple of episodes going to be? Are we going to get a feature length episode? Oh, Maybe an hour plus? Well, you know, it's so funny. I've never been obsessed with like episode, you know, time count and since wandavision the first thing i do when i hit the episode i'm like pause it and i see how long the episode is i don't oh, know you'll do why. that yeah just to see and loki's obviously longer uh -huh. i and i get it wandavision had to do like the 30 minute but like once they broke free of the 30 minute sitcoms they were still pretty like i don't know i'm crazy i, I try not to look at the uh times like uh, how long it's gonna be because mm -hmm. then it takes away some of the joy for me i'm like oh now i know that in 30 minutes this is gonna be over I, I don't know, man. It's just so weird. Like WandaVision really fucked the way I watch TV in a great way, in a great way. But, um, oh, the other thing we haven't spoken about were the jet skis. <laughs> the jet ski Listen, if, if, if I get Owen Wilson on a jet ski by the end of this, I'm down. Like, hell yeah. Um, did I tell you I met Owen Wilson in Atlanta? No. Yeah, so I used to cater uh, in undergrad. I would cater at this popular nightclub in Atlanta during the day on like weekends. And Owen Wilson was wrapping up um, some movie he was shooting at Google. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's a rap party. And I was not expecting him to be there. And he was there. And I'm passing drinks. So, of course, I walk up to Owen Wilson and I ask him, would he like a drink? And he was very nice. He said no. But it was a very pleasant no. And I was like, oh, shit. I met Owen Wilson and he told me no. <laughs> awesome. I love that. Yeah, I loved him in Royal Tenenbaums. I thought he was phenomenal in there. I just, I, I think nothing but great things. I mean, he's him. perfect in this role. He is. He has that like dry wit and sense of humor and vulnerability that I feel like I understand why he was casted. Yeah. In that I'm trying to see other movies he was in because now all of a sudden I can't name an Owen Wilson film apart from the Royal Tenenbaums. And I, I do think that film that uh, he was working on when I saw what? him was The Intern. I think it, it might have been The Intern. Oh, I know um, what you're talking about. Oh, Zoolander. Yeah. There we go. Of course. I loved him in oh, Zoolander. Oh, Zoolander. Yeah. I loved him so much in Zoolander. He was in Cable Guy. Oh, he was in Armageddon as well. I actually Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers. Yeah, Wedding Crashers, you're absolutely right. I don't remember him in in Armageddon, though. I'm I do him. not remember him in Armageddon. And I watch Armageddon. Oh, he was also in Fantastic Mr. Fox, obviously, because of uh, Wes Anderson. He's yeah. one of his darlings. Yeah, I think he's done such a great job with this role. It's a role I don't know much about. I did not know about Agent uh, Mobius before. I did uh -huh. find this little Easter egg online from Den of Geeks, which is where one of our contemporaries from the new school uh, works now, John, or he huh? worked there while he was at the MFA program, but uh, he didn't write this article, but the article says the Renaissance fair takes place on April 12th, 1985 in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Why Oshkosh? It could very well be because that's a place where legendary Marvel writer slash editor, Mark Grunwald, the man who is the basis for Agent Mobius was born. That's pretty cool. 
So, and, and speaking of Agent Thank Mobius, you, of Geeks. speaking of Agent Mobius, I do have a question for you. What are your thoughts? And I think she gets overlooked, but I think she plays a very big role in this story. Right, Ravana Renslayer, the judge. Uh, oh, she's phenomenal. I, I, I mean, there's nothing else to say. She is a scene stealer. And I love that first episode where they talk. He goes to the bench and they have that witty exchange. I think we're going to see her sort of crack, you know, right. and, and unravel as things go up because she's very much, she's like the Scott Summers, like the Cyclops of the TVA. Like she has her orders. She follows it. And now what do you do with the character like that? Give them their own like, agency like oh maybe everything i've been taught isn't working so maybe she'll become one of the new timekeepers i don't know and you know what i initially i was wondering like oh is she one of the timekeepers and now i'm thinking maybe she's not one of the timekeepers but her office is a gateway to the timekeepers maybe is there and also too well i wonder is i think it's become obvious in the first two episodes, that the timekeepers do not exist in the same realm as the TVA. Mm-hmm. Because we would have, you know, usually like in these stories when there's like this Wizard of Oz of sorts, everyone's like, oh, you can't go down that hall or you can't go in that room mm-hmm. or you can't go on that floor. But we never get that. And so I'm wondering in this world of time travel or dimensions, are they in another dimension? I guess I don't, I, how would they even render people creating a sacred timeline, you know, apart from like that animation? I, I agree with you actually with what you just said now about the wizard of Oz, I'm wondering if we're going to get that little disappointment, like peek behind the curtain and you find out the TVAs are absolutely nobodies. They are just sad, pathetic beings who are supposed to be the most powerful, but are the most weak. And that mm-hmm. gives room for someone like Loki to come in. I don't know. Because we know they're evil. We yeah. like we sense that they're evil. And I, I don't think Lady Loki is the evil one here. I think she's, you know, trying to give everyone agency, maybe. But and I and I feel like Mobius and Renslay, like all these folks are just kind of living in this simulation and yeah. they have their orders and they're just kind of marching to the beat of the drum that the timekeepers are giving them. And, yeah, I d- man, I didn't think about it like that. We may be disappointed by these t- evil timekeepers. I mean, story of my life. <laughs> Big behind the curtain. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else in the episode that we haven't already discussed that you wanted to tackle? You know, I um, I think I think my I think my biggest takeaway is um, these variants of Loki. I wonder if we're only going to see two. And I think if we're going to see more than two, then because, you know, we know that there's a season two. And so what are the events that lead us to season two? That's I I think that's the big question. And how season two going to look like, I think, is most important. Like, is it going to with with the Disney shows in general? Because there's talk of a WandaVision season two, which obviously they can't replicate that. Um, same with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You, there's not much of, you can't revisit that. It's not like a TV show where traditional television, where that's the only medium. These characters are going to move forward in the movies. They set them up in, as launching pads. Mm-hmm. So what would a season two for Loki or WandaVision or anything look like? I don't know. Are they going to adapt 
stories from the comics because one division was a direct adaptation from the original vision and scarlet witch comics mm-hmm. i'm curious what they're gonna what they're gonna do or is it gonna be something more original like what we're seeing now with loki and falcon and the captain well falcon and the winter soldier you know, you know yeah finish um, your thought finish that thought no that's it that's that's all that's all that's you know, all she's gonna I, ramble <laughs> I, I said you know i said earlier that maybe loki ends up working for the tva in mobius's place but that only happens if loki never meets the timekeepers which is like he wants to i i have to imagine that in some in some way he wants to get to the bottom of that whole situation so if he does then he's not working for the tva either he's helping destroy it or he's taking over it uh but i just i don't see loki wanting to take over tva as much as destroy it that's more mischievous yeah no i i agree with you i i want to see where episode three is gonna pick up and i think that's gonna give us what do you think what if we get a cameo? Because you you mentioned cameos, guest appearances. What if Doctor Strange is a part of all this and he stops Loki from doing something that could really just well, like fuck shit up? First of all, I would tell Doctor Stephen Strange, fuck you, because Catherine Hahn literally said the Scarlet Witch's power surpasses that of the Sorcerer Supreme, and they're in fucking Jersey. Like, I'm sorry, did you not hear your name being called? Like from Jersey, a b. This is where you're gonna show up. Fine, sure, Jan. I think what we're going to see are different versions of Thor. I love this. <laughs> I think I think we're going to see um I think we're going to see Frog Thor. I think, you know, something like that. Maybe voiced by Chris Hemsworth. How amazing would that be? Dope. You know what I mean? Dope. Um yeah, so let's see where that goes. I don't it depends on budgets, it depends on who's available. You yeah. know what I mean? Like You know, cuz these superheroes are off in other galaxies fighting shit, you know. Yeah. I mean, are we going to see Beta Ray Bill? I mean, there was a statue for Beta Ray Bill in Thor Ragnarok. Is this the version we're going to finally get to see? I don't know. Presumably, everyone has variants. So are we going to see variants of other characters? How does that look like? I don't. You know, know. I tried to move that part of the story to the back of my brain. Like, everyone has variants. But every time you say it, I'm just, like, mind blown that this thing could go any way. And I'm sure the writer's room, they're just having a good time with us on this shit. Well, and that so the writer of this series is, um, excuse me, the creator of this series is also the writer for Doctor Strange 2. Love it. And I think the rumors for Doctor Strange 2 is that it's going to obviously peak in the multiverse because it's called Multiverse of Madness, which again, in episode one, they're like, there are Nexus events that break the the timeline creates multiverse and all this madness so we know somehow the the logics we're getting here is going to be applicable to dr strange 2 which i think is done filming i'm pretty sure it is done filming but i think we're supposed to see alternate versions of characters in that Mm -hmm. that's a rumor so i guess these would be variants by that logic we will be seeing variants in dr strange 2 oh yeah could the timekeepers be a part of secret wars Oh my God. Absolutely. I, I think if they're going to do secret wars, they're going to have to bring in Dr. Do- if they want to do it right. And Dr. Doom is rumored for black Panther too. So let's see. Why do you keep doing this to me? I know. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I wanted before you go, I know we're, we're, you're on a time <laughs> time crunch. 
Um, and I've been told I need to keep my episodes shorter. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about Milkshake Scholar. What, what exciting things do you have coming down the pipeline? Uh, man, so I have four episodes left. The next one, so they, they come out Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I'm going to take a break. I'm, I think I'm going to take a month off. Uh, I've been going at this since March. And I'm exhausted. So full disclosure, I'm taking a break. No, and then uh, we'll come exhausting. back. We'll, we'll come back. We'll do season. Uh, well, I'll, I'll ramp it back up with some content. And I'm thinking that season three will be live. Uh, I'll do a series of live Instagram. So Instagram lives, making milkshakes with folks like live. The only problem with that is the fun in doing Instagram live is when you're able to do it while also interacting with people who are watching. Yeah. Um, and so I have to figure out how to do that because um, it's just me here. Um, so I wouldn't be able to set up my, uh, my phone and do the milkshakes and also like talk to, people. to what people are saying. So I'll, I'll take that month off and figure that out. But I'm definitely, you know, people were so excited when they saw you and I making milkshakes. And uh, I got a lot of DMs and text messages about how cool that was and how I should do more of that. So, and how listening was on my end, <laughs> listening to the feedback. You were great. What are you talking about? Oh, man. Like, I, I will say the milkshake was great, but like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I did not cap it or something and like it was flying everywhere. I forgot. I, but I, that was one of my favorite like interviews and uh, in programs. I think what you do is so incredible and special. And you were able to pivot during the pandemic because listeners, he used to do these in person. Like he would go to an actual like milkshake store. Like you got B-roll of you ordering it with your guests and you would sit down and, and you brought that to Zoom in a very exciting way. So congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was actually at a party last, well, a cookout last night and a Pulitzer Prize winner was there and we were talking about ice cream and we got on the subject of Milkshake Scholar and he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Let's do this. I'm like, all right, great. So who knows? At the end of this year, you might see me on uh, Instagram live with a Pulitzer Prize winner making milkshakes. You know, every instinct in me is to ask, like, who was it? But let's, we'll, we'll, when it happens, it happens. And, you I'll know, we'll you. crumble the shit out of it. Yes. <laughs> Randy, where can the folks at home find Milkshake Scholar? Where can they find you? Do you have any essays coming up? Uh, yeah. We're going to be on a panel on Friday together. Yeah. We are, we are. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Milkshake Scholar. That's literally just Milkshake Scholar. Um, yeah, Monday, 7 p.m. And my personal uh, Instagram is on there as well. I think it's underscore R Winston's world. So you can find me there as well. I'm, I usually live on Instagram with my food and all that fun stuff, book stuff. So yeah. And literally you want to talk about books you want to talk about milkshakes you want to talk about writing editorial and now sports. mcu sports i love how you're like sports i'm like what <laughs> i'm like we've never spoken we've never had a single conversation about sports but i, I know you're not into sports so i i usually you know i i try to i make myself believe that i'm interested in a lot of different things so luckily you and i love more things than we hate like yeah. I, I know that you love comics and mcu 
and we talk a lot about wine and food and books oh, and yeah, all that know. stuff. So we 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 got a lot to talk about. We we clicked right away when we met. Oh, well, <laughs> you, I knew, you know, of course, it was in Helen Schulman's class, and also like when your submission, which was a sci-fi submission, and you had a map of the world you were doing, like you had actually put that in. I was just like, oh yeah. <laughs> I looked at uh, Kyle and Robert, who listeners is uh, some of our contemporaries from our program. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're letting him sit with us because you were like a year one student. Yeah, I was. I was I was new to New York as well. So I, for, I keep forgetting that. But you so, you showed me the ropes. You were one of the people that showed me the ropes here. Dude, you've become one of my best friends. And like I'm again, like I said in the intro, like we just always are on the same page. There's always a parallel. And thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm, I appreciate that you even thought to have me on for MCU stuff. Uh, this is awesome. No, man. Thank you, as always. I, I get to brag to my MCU group chat now that I was on the podcast. Bring them. Bring them next time. This is the first of many. Bring the entire gang. No, I want that guy who who does Iron Man suits. That's the one I want. I got to talk. I got I to gotta talk to him. I got to get him on here. All right. I'm the Uncanny Day Spring signing off. <laughs>